Happy Mother's Day, moms. Now we're going to get you to the restaurant as soon as we can. <laughs> Maybe a little late today. Back when uh, Tony Campolo's wife Peggy was a full-time mom staying at home to raise her kids, someone would occasionally condescendingly ask her, uh, and what is it you do, dear? And her reply was, I'm socializing two homo sapiens into the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments of the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia that God willed from the beginning of creation. <laughs> and then she would say, and what is it you do? You know, rocket scientist and brain surgeon sound a little uh, insufficient when compared to that. That's a great answer because mothers do indeed play an indispensable role in the health and the well-being of society itself. That takes brains and ingenuity as well as tenderness and love. So on this Mother's Day we're going to take a brief look at a mother in the Bible who embodied those characteristics and in so doing, she saved and shaped the life of one of the most influential leaders in the history of God's people. Our text is in Exodus chapter 2, but you need to know the background a bit. The people of God, the Hebrews, were enslaved in Egypt, but they were multiplying and growing in number. And this worried the Egyptians such that they went to extreme lengths to try to do some population control on the Hebrews. And in the last verse of the first chapter, the Pharaoh gives the order that every boy that is born to the Hebrews, that is, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. So with that, we come to chapter 2. And if you're able, I invite you to stand with me as we read God's Word together this morning. We'll read the first ten verses of Exodus 2. It says, Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Thank you. Please be seated. She named him Moses because the Hebrew word Moses sounds like drawn out, and she had drawn him out of the water. But Moses is a big name. 
The name of Moses is famous worldwide. Moses is the one to whom God chose to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. Moses is the one through whom God delivered his Ten Commandments to his people. Moses is the one to whom tradition attributes the first five books of the Old Testament. And not only that, Moses in the New Testament, when Peter, James, and John saw Jesus transfigured before them, it was Moses and Elijah that they saw talking with Jesus, representing the law and the prophets. Moses is a big, big name, but would there ever have been a Moses if there had not first been a Jochebed? Jochebed means Yahweh is glory. It was the name of Moses' mother, we find in a couple of passages in the Scripture. Her husband's name was Amram. Now, she's barely spoken of in the Bible, but she did merit mention in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. But notice how she's referenced there. It says, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Parents, it says. Now, Exodus attributes all of the ingenuity and faith that saved Moses to his mother. But by the time we get to the New Testament, apparently her husband Amram has piggybacked on her fame and her faith. Where would we be without our mothers? I don't know about you, but my mother was tremendously influential in the path of my life and especially in my journey of faith. In fact, Paula and I joke that my mother even arranged our marriage, but that's a story for when we have more time. But there is some truth in it, after all. Now, my mother's been gone almost 14 years now. But if you still have your mom, be sure and thank her today and express your appreciation for the influence that she's had in your life, especially if she was anything like Moses' mother, Jochebed. As we look into the details of the story, we first see in verse 2 something interesting. It says, she saw that this child was a fine child and she hid him. And I instinctively wonder, what if he hadn't been a fine child? What then? Would she have said, Amram, you see how ugly this kid is? He gets that from your side of the family, you know. Go throw this one in the river and let's try again. Well, of course not. No matter how fine he would have been, every child is fine in the eyes of his or her mother. And in a similar kind of way, each of us is fine in the eyes of our Heavenly Father who loves us far beyond what even a mother's love can be at its greatest, at its highest. God loves us beyond compare. The most smitten and devoted mother will never love her child as much as God loves you. And if you think Elkabed went to great lengths to save Moses, you won't believe the lengths to which God went to save you. But what did Elkabed do? Well, with equal parts ingenuity and faith, 
She managed something that was nothing short of miraculous, really. She came up with an ingenious plan. She made a little basket out of papyrus, an ark, if you will. She coated it with tar and pitch so that it would float and resist water. And she put the baby in the basket and then told her daughter what to do. They, they put the baby in the, in the Nile River, in the, in the water there, and the sister stood at a distance to watch to see what would happen, maybe watch over the baby a bit, perhaps. It was an amazing plan, but it was also a very risky plan. And that's where her faith came into the picture. There were countless ways the plan could have gone wrong. The Nile River had crocodiles in it. What if a crocodile heard that baby crying before someone got to him? What if the wrong person found that baby before the right person did? Moses' mother just had to put her trust in God to protect him from those crocodiles, from the wrong person. What if the basket sank in the water? Jochebed had to trust God with that too. With all of the things that could go wrong, she had to trust God. But when it comes to our kids... We all at some point have to let go and trust God with them, don't we? Sometimes in a very literal kind of way. In December of 2005, the Bronx, New York apartment building of a young mother named Tracinda Fox caught on fire. And the flames quickly spread into her third floor apartment, trapping her in the bedroom three floors up with her one-month-old child. A crowd had gathered below, onlookers, looking up because Tracinda had moved to the window trying to get some air for her and her baby, but the fire continued to get worse. The smoke billowed out the window around them. And finally, when she had no other choice, she had to let go of her son, who tumbled head over heels down three floors into the waiting arms of Felix Vazquez a housing authority employee who also happened to be a catcher on a local baseball team and a former lifeguard. And so Mr. Vasquez began to help the baby, trying to get the smoke out of his lungs, some, some breath into his lungs, doing the CPR stuff until the paramedics arrived and the baby's life was saved. And not much later, firefighters got in and were able to save Tracinda as well, and they were reunited, she and her baby, sometime later, neither of them seriously injured. When she was asked about the painful decision to let go of her baby, to drop him from the third floor of the building, Tracinda said, I prayed that someone would catch him and save his life. I said, God, please save my son. Now, can't you just hear Jochebed praying that same prayer? that someone would find the baby and save his life. God, please save my son. She had to let him go. And whether you ever have to do it literally in these kinds of ways or not, there comes a time for every parent when they have to let go and entrust their children to God, come what may. But the good news is God is trustworthy. 
And if your child will let him, God will watch over and save your child. Somehow, some way, sometime. If your child will let him. God saved Jochebed's son, Moses, in a very incredible way. Unbelievable almost, because the woman who found the baby was no less than the daughter of Pharaoh herself. She recognized the boy as a Hebrew, but she felt sorry for him. She had compassion on him, so she rescued him. And at just the right moment, Moses' sister, probably Miriam, we read in the Scripture that Moses had a sister named Miriam and an older brother named Aaron, also born to Jochebed. But apparently that happened before the Pharaoh issued this edict to throw the babies in the river. Well, Moses' sister stepped up at just the right moment and offered to find a nursemaid for the baby. And Pharaoh's daughter agreed. She went and she got Moses' birth mother, Jochebed, to come and be his nursemaid. And she got paid for it. <laughs> if you noticed, as we read, Pharaoh's daughter paid her to nurse her own child. Now, is God amazing or what? But none of that would have happened if Moses' mother hadn't put her faith and her ingenuity to work. And it could not have been an easy thing for her to let go of Moses that way because later when the time came she had to trust God again and relinquish Moses to an Egyptian Pharaoh's daughter. But that was God's plan. God used that to educate Moses in the things and the skills that he would later need to fulfill the mission that God had for him, to lead God's people out of slavery in Egypt. You see, God knows things we can't even imagine. He knows what we can't know. Jochebed would never have dreamed that God was going to use her son Moses to liberate his people from slavery in Egypt. All she could do was trust in God with her son's life, but that's all she needed to do. And that's all we need to do with our children's lives and with our own lives. Because God knows what He's doing. God gave us the parents we have or the parents we don't have. God gave us the children we have or the children we don't have. God knows what He's doing. God has a plan and He loves us far more than Jochebed loved Moses. She had to give up her son in order to save him. God had to give up His son in order to save us. God understands. And God's plan for your life is every bit as significant in the eyes of God as was His plan for Moses' life. So on this Mother's Day, why not put your trust in God the way Jochebed did? For your children, for your grandchildren, but most importantly for yourself. Would you pray with me? Father God, trustworthy Lord, we thank you for your love and your grace. 
We thank you for the plan that you have for each of our lives. And I pray, God, we would trust you enough to surrender ourselves to it. Lord, may you use us as you used these in this story. Moses' mother, to have the courage to hide him and protect him. For the role that Moses played in the history of your people. God, we thank you for giving up your son on the cross that we might be saved. Moses led your people out of bondage and slavery in Egypt. Jesus leads us out of bondage and slavery to sin. Lord, I pray that we might trust you in every way this morning for ourselves, for our families, even for our world. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing one stanza of an invitation hymn. And if you have a decision to make for the Lord or for His church today, I'll be waiting at the front to receive you. If no one comes, the invitation will be closed and we'll move on to the observance of the Lord's Supper. If someone comes, we may need to extend, but if not, one stanza. So if God is speaking to you, don't hesitate. Let's stand to our feet now as we're led and as we sing.